uh, before you listen to this episode, keep in mind that there we talk about a lot of triggers that involve self-harm, severe depression, various mental illnesses, uh, panic attacks. So please listen with caution. And if you can't, we completely understand and love and feel your support no matter what. Hello. Um, I want I want us to get to the the time where like uh, how Wayne and McMurray just like talk over each other. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> Good. Hello. Oh, what is it? Good you. Fuck, McMurray. I'll try that. Call you and ask you to see if you like puzzles, even though I know you fucking do. So get your ass over here and help me solve this puzzle. Oh, uh, Kenny. You have one more season left? Yeah, I did not realize that there was a ninth season on there. Ooh, season 10 coming out in June. I'm so ready. I don't know how many more they have after that, but hopefully more. We'll see. That's quite a lot. What did you think about the final episode? It was good. Eight. Like it. Isn't it I great? Really hope, have you watched nine? I want, so they say that Katie likes girls. Mm-hmm. I want her to date a girl. Why she guys, why does she keep fucking with these guys? Yeah, she only like, only like makes sexual passes at girls. And yeah. then there is one implied one night stand with Mrs. McMurray. Yeah. <laughs> Not what I want. Fair. Um, well, you got Daxie and Ronzi. Yeah. <laughs> they make yes. me uncomfortable. No. I'm sure they'll find a way to slip some lesbos in there and it'll be fucking hilarious. It probably will not be a full thing, but it'll be hilarious. It's fine. Take what I can get. Yo, so my grandma asked me something earlier today and I wanted to ask your opinion. So she was telling me about a story about my cousin who was also gay she said her and her girlfriend came to town and she was introducing them to like friends of hers. And she had said, this is, or this is my granddaughter and this is her partner. And like her partner gave her a little weird look when she said partner, not like mean or anything, but like, she was like, what's partner? Like, I thought that was the, the way to introduce people. So like, do you have a specific way you'd like your significant other to be introduced? um well firstly i would need a significant other well Um, i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna dig that there but i knew knew you were gonna go there yeah of course so i actually never really thought of like partner i never that just i just i hadn't heard it a lot so i would say girlfriend but i do really like partner now oh okay so that's okay i mean it makes sense i don't i like calling my girlfriend my partner i'd say my girlfriend um, sometimes I say sugar mama and she doesn't appreciate that much. Oh, not to be one then. Uh, <laughs> leaving that in. Uh, and you can take that up with her later. <laughs> we'll find it's fine. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I guess we're talking about something we haven't talked about in a while. Or maybe we've always been talking about it. Just nobody has really picked up on it. No, we're finally at that episode. <laughs> at that episode. Uh, Haley has been talking. This was actually, if we stop doing the podcast after this, it's because this is the episode we like kind of put together first. But we're like, no, no, no. We can't hit him with this one too. We can't hit him with this one first. Yeah, we we actually talked about that. We're like, we need to establish ourselves a little bit before we drop this fucking bomb. <laughs> right, yeah. Just remember, uh, we're all crazy. And the yeah. bomb is uh, mental health. You and I uh, are both diagnosed with mental illnesses. Do we, are we diagnosed with the same? I was diagnosed after I met you. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah. so we both, so I, I am diagnosed with bipolar type two. Is that what you have? I mean, diagnosis is weird. So as you go through, like I've been diagnosed three times in the last six years. I, and like the more I think about it and the more I'm working on it, the more it feels like it's severe depression. Uh, so what does that mean? Bipolar one and two, like what, what are the differences? What is bipolar disorder? Should everybody be afraid of you or? So yeah, that then I, I read up on this a lot. I do a lot of research. Bipolar is one of the like biggest 
misconceptions, I guess, because people think that it's like a switch. Like they're like, oh, the weather outside is bipolar. Right. And I mean, it is a little bit hurtful kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of over it now, but so, so type one, I actually think there's three types, Mm. Um, but type one is the, what you see like yeah yeah, it's mainly mania and then bipolar type 2 is mainly depression so my dad that's the one time you'll hear me say my dad um he is undiagnosed with bipolar 1 but he obviously has it I have seen him manic I don't know how many times and it's actually really really scary yeah um so it runs in the family. So that's, that's where mine comes in. I, I'm lucky, I guess, I suppose, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe lucky is not the good, a good word for it. I'm at the other spectrum. I don't have like, my manic episodes aren't, aren't like how his were. I don't yeah. get that high. I mean, that's, that's basically where I'm at too. My manic episodes just involve like spending a little bit too much money. I haven't like, you know, put, I haven't done anything crazy, but my aunt was also bipolar one and manic, her manic was insane, but her depression was also equally terrifying. And I had a different relationship with my aunt that you did (laughs) with your father. So that being said, her mental illness was not all she was. She was a fucking genius and hilarious and super friendly and nice and this is gonna sound so so weird but she made the best sandwiches don't know why she didn't do anything special i watched her make them one time still the best sandwich you've ever had in your life but um so when i not briefly i mean i'm still teetering on that uh bipolar too so when she actually committed suicide so when i heard bipolar too come out of my doctor's mouth I freaked out a little bit yeah I can imagine well yeah I mean it's just it then that's when I started really seeing what mental illness was or is it's not necessarily it's all about the way we uh process information I want to say to anybody who deals with somebody who or if you have trouble understanding people with mental illness I need you to understand that they physically, they literally believe whatever is freaking them out or whatever is getting them depressed or whatever is giving them an anxiety attack. Uh, So do you, when people say like chemical imbalance, do you know what they're talking about? Or can you explain what chemical imbalance means? So it's basically your body isn't making, it's not making what it's supposed to be making. It's not making enough. Just like people with diabetes, their body isn't making insulin your body isn't making the right chemicals that you need like serotonin or um whatever whatever else that might might be so it's literally not your fault right 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 <laughs> there are things that trigger it you have triggers and trauma obviously and everybody there's not one single person on this whole entire planet that doesn't struggle with something not right. one so it's just if you're able to cope with that by yourself like if you're able to walk yourself through that without help, that's the difference. Processing information. For example, if you like, <laughs> I okay, so if somebody accidentally shoulder, shoulder checked me on the street, I would want to know why that person hated me so much. <laughs> but like other people get shoulder checked on the street and go, oh, and they keep going. Or like, you know, they won't think about it anymore. But like, I will obsessively think about that moment and what that person was feeling and why. And even though I don't know that person or fucking give a shit about that person, I want them to like me for some reason, or I'm wondering why they don't. I'm the opposite. I am I will think about it, but it's more of, what the fuck was that person thinking? I cannot <laughs> believe they just fucking did that. <laughs> Either way, it lingers on a little too goddamn long in our heads, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, it's exhausting. Yeah. It is It is just, it's a constant struggle with yourself every fucking day. It's true. And I guess I need to preface the rest of this conversation by saying that Haley and I are not, like, going to go commit suicide tomorrow or anything like that. But this is, 
just something that we both have dealt with and keep continue to deal with and will deal with for the rest of our lives. And it's just, it's both empowering slash deflating to know that the only way you can really get through something like this is if you understand it and you want to get better. I think hearing people talk about it also, because I learned probably more about myself and about it or talking to people than I did in therapy, which is not saying that I, my therapy wasn't good. I'm just saying like hearing other people, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. That's what happened to me. That's why that happened. Well, did you, when did you start therapy or when did you do therapy? Um, I started so like early 2016. Mm -hmm. So my, the first half of my sophomore year of college, 99.8% of that is completely gone. I cannot tell you one single thing I did. I cannot tell you one single class I took. I have no clue. Not one fucking clue. Holy shit. Yeah. So, so that's something I had no idea that like severe depression causes memory loss. Like I had no clue. Yeah. I, uh, um, also had no clue but it tracks <laughs> yeah makes sense. it's like oh it's like when I hear it I go huh yeah okay that explains yeah. it so I started therapy uh and right after that so like 2016 did you have any preconceived notions going into therapy before you did it or signed up for it or nope you just said fuck it or like what made you go I I don't really remember, obviously, (laughs) what my, like, final straw was. I think, I I really don't know. I think, I think I must have just gotten to the point where I'm, like, I, I think it was, I, the people around me were saying stuff and, like, noticing it, and I just was sick of it, I suppose. So, I started therapy, and then I think I was in therapy for a month month and a half or two and then they uh, I started medication yeah which I'm on and I'm still on and I will be on for uh, yeah forever but, but I'm, I'm not in therapy anymore uh I probably should be but <laughs> <laughs> what uh when you first went into therapy what was like what was your first impression what was it like after the first visit we were like oh this is gonna help or did it take a little convincing to go back no I was pissed I hated Why? it because she fucking exposed your ass no the thing was so I went in there and then um like my mom went with me and they brought she brought my mom in and uh we talked and then my mom left and we started talking about like my morning routine yeah she was gonna lighten it and I just started bawling (laughs) like why are you crying we're talking about brushing your teeth I'm like I don't know that's why I'm here <laughs> and I don't like to cry so like I didn't want to go back and, and I mean I did I did like I, it wasn't like now I hate it I'm not going back I just was like fuck and the, when I left the first the last thing she said to me she's like this is gonna be hard you're not gonna like it and I said yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're right exactly right yep yeah therapy is fucking tough and then I had a different I had a different psych psychiatrist I have a different mm. one now than I did but it took it took a few trial runs of the medication. So I'm on Lamotrigin, which is just a mood stabilizer. And mood actually, stabilizer. yeah, it's used for uh, kids who have seizures. So oh shit. And the only um, side effect is like if you take too much, you're gonna get a rash. So like I'm in the clear. I'm pretty good. It's a Damn. good. Yeah, they've we had to like bump up. I started really low and we bumped it up. So it's at an okay right now. I'm not saying that I don't. I okay. It's weird because now I get more manic than I do depressed. Ooh, yeah. Lucky. I don't know. Look at me. I fucking woke up at four a.m. and decided that it was the greatest idea in the whole entire world to move my fucking room. <laughs> I just, I just, and it's yeah. My manic is spe- like yours, spending money and then making drastic decisions like last month when I told you I'm gonna sell my stuff and move down with you like I probably shouldn't do that (laughs) well and I I don't sleep uh it's very very hard for me to sleep when I'm manic 
can't drink coffee. It's so weird. Okay. So when I'm manic, I can't drink coffee because I'll feel like my heart rate will go too fast. Hmm. Like, I feel like I'm always that kind of like jittery. Okay. I love therapy and uh, still love therapy. I've actually been in and out for since, God, high school. I was actually uh, hospitalized at a facility in high school oh, for a week. Huh? I didn't know this. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, I was triggered by an ex, and I'm not saying it's the ex's fault, but that's what happened. And uh, yeah, I got taken to the hospital, and then I was put in a facility for a week. Um, How was that? Honestly, so fucking great. Was it? Yeah, it was my sophomore year of high school. Um, and I didn't know it then, but I was going through a lot more shit than I let myself know, if that makes sense. Like, so I, so I, something happened to me and my family earlier on in my sophomore year of high school. And then in April, May of the following year. So like September of one year, and then I'm talking about four or five months later, um, I had this episode and I freaked out and it was triggered by that person, but it wasn't, it had nothing to do. There's no way it had anything to do with what that actually was, but I didn't realize that until I went through therapy and sat down and, um, was talking about everything that had happened to us that year and shit. And like my, the therapist in group was like, Hey, um, have, did you hear what you just said? And they were like, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess I have a reason to be feeling this way, but that's classic me. I don't feel things until about four or five months later. And then when, and then when I'm feeling them, I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) Just, just like in a fetal position, rocking in the bathroom, like my girlfriend's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. Something must have happened last year. And it's just not hitting me. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, they took away my phone, which was the most liberating thing ever at 16, because I didn't feel like I was attached to anything. We exercised regularly. I was eating good food. I got to talk. I was medicated. It was honestly one of the most eye-opening events in, in my life and like understanding my own mental illness. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. So a lot it was, of people don't have that experience at an institution, I know. Yeah, well, I know. And I, it was also terrifying. I mean, there's, there were good things about it and there were bad things about it. But I guess I'm now prone to focus on all the good it did for me. I mean, it was like, there was no sleeping happening, that's for sure. And there were a lot of people worse off than I was which was also, you know, which, you know, gives you a little bit of gratitude or a lot of bit of gratitude for real. But that's how I cope with a lot of things is I wake up and I try to write down like three things I'm grateful for and it helps. But like that, that, that was my first big therapy. And then I started going uh, like an hour a week after that for a little bit. And then uh, I went to college and when I was in Iowa, I saw the therapist there. She was the homie. And then when I came back, I ignored it for a year and it got worse as we know. And then now I'm still in it. So I do it once a week or not once a week, once a month. Jesus Christ. It's fun. How long uh, did it take you to get diagnosed? Within the, within the month, I think. Of therapy? Well, yeah. And it was because like of like it ran in the family they're like okay that's probably what this is (laughs) and I also have really 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 bad anxiety and I kind of had to pick and choose so if I took like antidepressants it would have really fucked with my anxiety and made it worse Mm -hmm. so now I just kind of have to deal with that and um probably don't do in the healthiest way I should probably go back to therapy once again, don't take, there's going to be a few things that I say, do not take my advice. This is bad life advice. <laughs> just uh, just got to be honest about the way we've been living yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but it was because I was always, so like if I, so say it was icy out on the road and um, someone was driving, 
you know, that man that was in my life for a little while, mm-hmm. say he was driving and he had before you gotten a little out of control. So I was scared. I was yeah. like, okay, we're going to sled off the road again. And he would just be like, no, no, stop. That's, that's irrational. If you want to drive, you can drive like you're fine and all this stuff. And so I was always belittled and belittled. So I think that like made it 10 times worse. So now I'm scared of everything. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Yo, I will never forget the time that I, I don't know why I was sober, but I still drove you home drunk and you flipped the fuck out on me when we stopped yeah. at a stop sign. I'm but so like, sorry. it was just a little, no, 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 whatever. It's just, I just will never let you live it down. Cause I, I remember it. <laughs> oh God, you were on my ass. I was driving Haley's car back and Haley was plastered in, in the front seat. And I think there were a couple other people in the car, but I came up to a stop sign and I like coasted and I was driving like a grandmother because it's Haley's car. Like didn't want to deal with it. Like I didn't want to deal with what happened. So I was trying my hardest to make it not happen. Lo and behold, it was going to happen no matter fucking what. So I pulled up this nice stop at the stop sign. And I think like I, once we started to slow down, I pushed the brake a little hard and the car like moved a little bit. And Haley went the fuck off. It's nighttime. Watch where you're going. What are you doing? Oh my God, slow down. Do you see why now though? Do you see why yeah, that? No, was- I, it makes a hundred percent sense now, but it was just, I, the fact that you were yelling at me as the car was stopped, like, but still were yelling at me. Like we were going to die. I was just, I'm sorry. That was the night. I'm pretty positive. That was the night. This was when I was sober. This was when I drove us when I ran over that railroad tie. Oh God. <laughs> for like at least two minutes and I was like well I gotta go back over (laughs) (laughs) I don't have an ex like that's it like there's no explanation I ran over a railroad tie (laughs) and I had to run back over (laughs) also Haley is terrified of trains oh Jesus and you know what I have to go on my way to work and on my way back home, I have to go over two, two train tracks. Oh God, that's probably you know what I do. Close what? my eyes and floor every every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, dude! I your fear of trains will always see. Okay, but there we go. That's like that's me not being as understanding of your like mental illness as I could be um I am understanding I just like to give you shit about it no it's okay I it makes it makes it easier on me but that's a good example like you truly believe you really truly truly believe that even if you're driving and there's no train in sight that while you and your car are on the train checks some train is just gonna appear out of the fourth dimension and fucking run your ass over I honestly could not have said it better myself. (laughs) I mean, so like, but that's, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I have anxiety, that like level of fear is exactly what the fuck I'm feeling. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like the stakes are so much higher than they actually are. And there's no convincing me otherwise when I'm in that state of mind. There's absolutely, there, no way. Even if you slap me in the face, then then I would just think that, you know, I'm going to die from a slap in the face. (laughs) Like... It's just, and it's me, the crazy thing about mental illness and self-awareness and annoying thing about how self-aware you and I are is that I can sit here and fucking tell you that when I am anxious, I'm not going to understand real thoughts, irrational thoughts. Yeah. I can say that right now as like being in a normal state of mind. I know for a fact that I'm going to have irrational thoughts. You just kind of, so what I've learned, and and this is what I want someone to do for me, you just have to go along with it. So for instance, I think it was like last month I texted you and I was so pissed off because I was running late to work. And like, so I had, so, so my little backstory, my pipes have been frozen, were frozen uh, in my, yeah, in my kitchen sink. And so I had like a space heater on while I'm here, just when you plug in underneath and then I would unplug it because they get like super hot and they're kind of temperamental and you never really know. So I would unplug it when I left. <clears throat> and so I was leaving for work. And right when I left the, out the door, I was like, did I, did I turn that off? And I was like, no, I unplugged it. I turned it off. And then I unplugged it. Like, it's all good. 
I was halfway to work and I could not convince myself. I knew it. I down there, I knew it, but I could not convince myself. So I had to turn around, go back inside, make sure it was unplugged. I even tipped it over just in case it magically plugged itself in. Um, and then I was late to work. Uh, so, so what you have to do is just be like, all right, let's go. Let's hurry up. Let's go. Let's go figure it out quick. You can't be like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Like you right. have to, you have to be there with them because <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no stopping it. Give me a second. Yeah. Well, unless like, you know, they're seriously going to hurt themselves, but it, and there's a time like, I will say that when I'm in the right state of mind, I can listen to that shit. And I do know, like, I know some of my triggers now and I know that um, avoiding triggers is in fucking possible. So if you are some, someone who's suffering and thinks that you can stay away from all things that trigger you, it's just gonna make for a sad life. So just anticipate triggers. But so like these irrational thoughts I have, and this is what therapy has helped me do is when you're in that state of mind, being able to kind of pick apart where you're at while you're in the middle of it. It's a very difficult thing to do because it, it takes a lot of work. But once you've been through it a few times and you're kind of sick of it, you know, the work comes a little easier and every time it gets a little easier. But for me, I feel like now that I've started taking care of my mental illness, I find a new trigger every fucking day. And I'm like, oh my God. Do you ever purposely trigger yourself? Okay, okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> it's I I do the same thing. I, it's, okay. it's, it's when you're in that state of mind, you're like, I feel like shit. Let me go trigger myself. Yeah, you just get you just dig down deeper. You're like, ah, I want to feel even worse. So I'll listen to this sad music and I will uh watch this sad show just so I have another reason to be fucking sad and miserable yep god see and i just i know that about myself and that is the most frustrating fucking thing is that i know that i'll do it i know it's gonna happen again and i do i promise you that i will say that somebody who suffered like you and i would not be friends if i didn't know that you took your mental health seriously and like really are doing the best you can with what you're dealing with to like be better why do, huh? Why do you say that? Well, because there's nothing more frustrating to me. And I'll go back to the, if you saw somebody walking around with a broken arm, trying to do normal things with a broken arm and also complaining and whining about how bad their fucking arm hurt, what would you say to that person? Yeah. Go to the doctor, get your shit figured out. Like, yeah. and if, you know, and if that person has a cast on and they're trying to do the same shit and are still kind of complaining, well, all right. I mean, I get it. You're working on it. You're, you're healing up. You're doing your best. Like, I can't stand people who know that something's wrong and refuse to do anything about it. Yeah, but isn't that where mental illness comes in? We'll see that, but that's what I'm, th this is the, the rub, like, some people are worse off. I, I, I do believe that there are some people with mental illness that it's just so difficult to fix or it's too far gone or they are going to continue the same behaviors over and over again and there's nothing you can do about it. But not everybody is like that. Yeah, it's hard to get started though. It really is. A hundred percent. It's very difficult to get started, but it's more the folks that know it and complain about it and don't do anything about it it's different if you have no idea what's going on and you're suffering from this thing that again like you don't if you don't know what it is that's not fair I can't put that on you that doesn't make me mad but if somebody like grabs you by the face that you care about and trust and is like hey maybe you should get this looked at and then you choose to ignore that or you know I don't know but now that, now that we're talking about it, it makes sense because I was very stubborn with my mental illness. But I was that way for a long time. Yeah. I'm not saying that therapy is for everyone, but I know of a few people who have gone into therapy thinking like having bias already and got nothing out of it. Right. So if you do decide to go to therapy, just keep an open mind. Don't go in it with any preconceived notions. And just, if you don't like, if you try it out completely open-minded, nothing and you don't like it, then you don't like it. Right. So, but if you go into something thinking you're not going to like it, you're not going to like it. Right. A hundred percent. Like school. Exactly. Like school. Uh, so what, uh, do you want to share some specific triggers? Do you have any? Oh yeah, sure. Okay. 
so the biggest one that I have, and like I said, I didn't know this, and now it makes a lot of sense, is seeing people. I can talk about it just fine. Like I've had multiple conversations, really, really good conversations about like my mental health and somebody else's and like how we struggle with it. But it's seeing physically seeing someone struggle with it. That's a trigger for me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Like, so, so when I watched Euphoria, spoiler alert, um, she has, she, Zendaya plays a character that has bipolar type two actually Mm -hmm. i think they say i think they say type two regardless she has bipolar and so like i saw that and i saw myself in that and i for a week and i was on my i was on medication this was like last year and i for a week i have went back to that 2015 like it was bad remember yeah and then I, re- and then I was getting out of it and I was like, no, I'm having too much fun self-sabotaging myself. I'm going to watch it again. Ah, see? <laughs> so then, yeah. So then you get down there and it's just so, it's so easy. warm and comfortable and it's so easy. Oh, it's so easy to feel shitty. It is so easy to feel shitty, especially yeah. if you're prone to it. <laughs> like Let's talk about, uh, it's easy for people to feel shitty when you're not prone to it, but when your fucking brain is wired to feel shitty, how the fuck else are you supposed to feel? Yeah, but my problem was, since I'm on my medication, I couldn't, I couldn't be there for very long, because then there was like that nagging, it's like, get the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I want to get up. They're like, well, you gotta, you gotta work. <laughs> you gotta get up. I'm like, no, I don't want to. But like, it, there's, there have, there's a lot of times, especially when I first started my medication that I was like, if I was not on medication right now, there's no way I'd be doing this. Yeah. No, nothing would pull you back out. Yeah. I am. Um, I am the same way about seeing shit. The, one of the biggest triggers was 13 reasons why the first season I watched that entire season in a day on a Saturday and I did not get, it was during the summer too. And I don't think I got out of bed for like till the win that wednesday i remember i remember oh yeah i texted you i was like yo that one set me off it's um a lot of the self-harm stuff is a huge trigger for me period Mm -hmm. so that i mean the freaking the the scene that you know where she actually does it spoiler alert like we'll get anybody but that one i mean the entire series is just like fuck yeah sad yeah um, another trigger of mine is uh i can't um so in high school right after my aunt passed uh my sophomore year so like the f- one of the first things i saw no actually this was before i got hospitalized so i didn't know it was a trigger of mine but we were watching that movie selena and spoiler alert selena dies and she gets murdered and it's like a big deal and they're leading up to it and I don't know, just knowing that it was going to happen, like really the whole buildup, the whole when it happened freaked me out. And I don't even know if I was in class with anybody that knows me now, but like I had to go to the counselor. They called my mom. I had to talk to my mom. Like it was, it set me off. So maybe it's not so much people being shot, but just murder really fucking sets me off that makes sense um yeah right (laughs) all right let's get into panic attacks anxiety attacks oh okay wait so i suffer from anxiety but it's i've never had a panic attack i don't think so i i've definitely had like anxiety attacks so anxiety attacks they're i mean they're different for everybody they're they're very different for everybody everything's different for everybody but um they're not as severe as panic attacks for me anyways and i think that's kind of the broad um, knowledge, but, uh, so I had also never had a panic attack until, um, like three years ago, I think. And it lasted at least three hours. And I've had a few since. Oh, wait, I remember this. Yeah. I've had a few since that have also lasted that long, but the trigger, there's two triggers for that. I found out. One is me being sick and feeling like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and I shouldn't then, laugh, but. 
<laughs> no, it's fine. And then the other one is um, like if I can't, it's like if I'm crying and like I can't breathe, like my nose gets stuff up and stuff, that's a trigger for oh, me. Oh, you feel like you're going to fucking die. Yeah. So I did not, the, so the first one I had, I had absolutely no clue what was going on. I got taken to the hospital. The hospital did not help at all. The reason I found out that it was a panic attack is because I talked to someone like two weeks later and they're like, oh yeah, that sounds like a panic attack. And I was like, <laughs> no, yep. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Let me do this research real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and they're really, really scary. They're, yeah. It, I just remember feeling and, and the other ones I've had since like, I, just, I have to be reminded that I'm not going to die. Yeah. Because it's like, I can't breathe. I can't catch my breath. Uh, has, has any of this gotten better? Have your panic attacks gotten better? Has your disorder gotten better? Do you feel like you have more control uh, over yeah. it? My panic attacks have gotten better because I would have them while I was drinking when I felt like I was about to throw up. <laughs> so now I know my limit. <laughs> That's a, that's a lesson though. I mean, I'm laughing, yeah. but like, that's, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so the first one that I had, um, I was drinking and, um, uh, I was at a different college with, with one of my friends. And so I was like around nobody that I knew. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I, um, like laid down and I woke up and like, nobody was there. And I was like, I'm going to be sick. So I ran to the bathroom and it was like, we didn't it was like what you had at in your dorm room you didn't have the luxury like I had in mine it was like the communal (laughs) bathroom yes and uh so I just remember I ran in there and then like I just started hyperventilating and like throwing up still I was like throwing up and then I don't know how long I was in there for I mean it was a while and then someone finally found me and then like uh this it went on and went on and like the nurse had to come and then they called the ambulance and for the record, if anybody listening right now, if I'm having a panic attack, swear to God, if you call the ambulance, I'm going to fucking kill you. You know how much that bill was? <laughs> I did not need to go to the hospital. Uh, <laughs> just say, Haley, you're not going to die. It's fine. It'll um, save you about $3,000. Seriously. But anyways, um, so like I just remember, I'm like, okay, I can just hold my breath and it just end it. Like I just hold my breath and I'll be done. But I couldn't do that. I tried. I couldn't do that. See, but that like shit. There you yeah. go. More irrational thoughts. Well, it was just because like I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, how can I make this stop? Yeah. Fu- mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So, and then the ones I've had since, like, I've let people know, like, this could happen if this is happening. This is what you need to do. And so. I mean, it, 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 I haven't had one in a really long time. Now that I know how to not have them, <laughs> it's been a while. See? Yeah. But like, you know, before you die, you'll find another trigger. Your, your, the life, life around you will find another reason to push you over. Not to where my meds kick in. Ah, yes. The meds, the meds, the meds. Yep. Um, speaking of medication, so there are some... <laughs> pretty huge do's and don'ts for medication one of the biggest ones is do not stop taking it don't stop don't skip a day do not ever ever once ever once miss a day skip a day unless somebody has told you otherwise also don't listen to us whatever your doctor tells you to do do what your doctor tells you to do because i know that some people have been on medication and then they just stopped and it's fine but like if you're supposed to be on your medication Please, we are asking you so nicely and so caringly. Please take it. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I they've I've gone through cycles of medication, and it's like put me on my ass, like trying to pick one or find one, and that's exhausting in itself. But once you find one, ooh, it's a it's a good time. I got really lucky because mine was like the first try. Dude, I've been through like three or four, and it like. I don't know. But they, they make you feel worse or what? Yeah. And it's a lot of like, I get, I, I physically react poorly to a lot of them. Like the first three, I would, I wouldn't eat or, um, or wouldn't have an appetite. Um, I wouldn't sleep. And I'm talking like way past, like I gave everything a real shot. Cause you know, like the first week or two, everything's going to be a little weird while it all evens out. 
but man, yeah, I, even after like a month or so on a couple of them, I couldn't, I was, still wasn't sleeping or I still wasn't eating or, um, I don't know, headaches, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Which I'm, I'm not, I, I, I am still trying. Like that's not going to deter me from finding something that's going to help me because I know I'll find one, but it's, it's not the best part or the, you know, the bee's knees for sure. How did you get into therapy? Was it that, that one time you were hospitalized or, or what did you go before that? Uh, you know what? I can't probably before that, because I, God, I, uh, used to cut too. So I was in therapy for that before. Um, and that was brief. Mm, I probably lasted for about two or three years. Did someone catch you and then send you or how did you go? Okay. So I know that my, I know that someone knew and found out, but I wasn't ever doing it. I didn't want anybody to know about it. And I was really good at keeping it to myself for a very long time. So I can't remember. I can't remember when or who, but it was probably my mom and when she found out, we started to talk about it and try to take care of it. But honestly, that's something I don't even think I've fully processed or worked through. Cause I still, I mean, I still get those urges all the time. And I am not, I don't think I'm at a point where I would do it, but like, so it, it I feel like my self-harm just developed into things over time that didn't seem like self-harm. And now I'm finally taking a look at it. So yes, I was, I definitely cut, uh, and, um, and then that transformed into working out all the time and, you know, playing basketball eight hours a day, no matter what, or, you know, just trying not to be home and wanting to be sore and wanting to like feel something like that. And then it translated into working all the time. Like in college, I fucking worked like a ridiculous amount of jobs like a total of five at once for at least a year including like working overnights at a hospital and I had to pay for school but I probably could have done a little bit less you know but it just and I just realized that that those were kind of forms of self-harm or that's kind of where it because I in therapy recently I've just realized that I, ha- I haven't really dealt with it it was just a thing I did and then a the thing I didn't do I don't think I ever got to the root of the problem I don't think I ever figured out why I felt like I needed to do it. I just did it and I have the scars to prove it. And I still have the urge to do it. I don't, I don't, but I, you know, but through like therapy over the last couple of weeks, I've been figuring out that it just kind of morphed and and took different forms in my life. And now I'm finally taking, I mean, you know me, I'm a fucking workaholic. I can't put shit down, even though I know it's like, what are you going to do about it today? Yeah. But so that's when, that's my first bit of therapy. My first spot of therapy was when I was cutting. And then a couple of years after that, after my aunt, and then now, well, college. And then now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never, I, I never self-harmed. I think a lot of it is because I, I don't know that it's not that I didn't want to, but I was scared because I didn't want to die. So what, here comes the irrational thinking. I was, was scared that I would accidentally like hit something and then I would bleed out and die and I didn't wow. want to die. That's so interesting. So like when I, but when I was doing it, I knew I wasn't going to die. I, I, I knew I was, I knew I wasn't even close. Like yeah. I, I, that was never my intention. My intention was never to kill myself. It was just to like feel something have a little bit more control over me, I guess. It sounds weird, but God, it was just, that's one of the more fascinating aspects of my mental illness, I will say. And it is something that I haven't completely worked through. So uh, mental illness number two in a year, I'll probably have figured it out and want to tell you. What, self-harm? Yeah, just uh, shit, man. Yeah, I I didn't do it in the physical sense, but I... um do know that one of the things I cannot let myself do, and this is what one of the biggest, this is what set 
the majority of everything in motion like everything was there mm-hmm. but this was like that like topped it like pushed it down the hill is when um after basketball season freshman year I um we didn't I didn't have anything going on so I literally I had so I had a dorm room that um it was like a pod style like I had my own room and then the room next to me shared a bathroom and then we had like a living room and there's two on the other side so my roommate that shared the bathroom with me moved out and so I had the bathroom to myself and I had that whole side to myself mm-hmm. so we didn't have basketball anymore I wasn't seeing you guys that much I had like a dark darkening like curtain in my room so absolutely no light was in pitch black all the time so I would go to class come back and then pitch dark the rest of the day mm-hmm. and so that that's that wasn't good and then like I, I I wouldn't talk to a lot of people and that that was all of that all of that stuff that you hear about like the dark room not talking to people like that's that 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 did it for me okay but so you bring up a good point what are there telltale signs of mental illnesses obviously the big ones like schizophrenia or paranoia those are pretty fucking obvious but like sometimes people just like sleeping in a dark room once in a while you know how how do you how do you tell the difference between you know someone someone else's self-care versus someone's mental health I think I don't know I mean maybe it goes into if you have known this person for a long time and then you start noticing patterns that are irregular or different from from what you know and they start acting like a different person maybe or maybe if um so say I did all these things and I see someone else doing these things I don't want to assume but maybe it can be a conversation or like it's like are you okay are you doing these things because you're not okay or or are you doing these things because you like it and you are okay right yeah it's worth it definitely is worth asking I mean it's not like I think that's the hard part that um like my mom and my family had a huge trouble understanding when I was going through that like cutting stuff they're just like why didn't you tell me I don't even know I didn't even fucking know I thought like I that was a coping mechanism that felt good to me. It didn't seem like, I mean, I knew you guys wouldn't have a, would have an issue with it, but it felt like, right. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the question. It's not, why are you doing this? It's what's making you feel like you want, you to have do to do it or you want to do it for sure. Yeah. Hit the nail on the fucking head. I try. Uh, uh, uh. And then the real reality is sometimes you can't fucking tell. Nope. Like, I guarantee you people who were listening, some people who are listening to this would have no idea about me going through what I go through or suffer from or have gone through, uh, yeah. especially if you haven't paid attention to my arms. <laughs> yeah, that too. I, I This is, once again, another, you're going to hear me say it a million times, find your people. Like, I'm lucky to find you. I know what you are, like, I know what you need and I know what kind of mood you're in. I know what you need when you are in a mood. Like if I don't hear from me for a day, I'm not worried. Like I know right. I'll hear from you eventually. Like, Wait, I did know- you see that? No, but I heard it. What was <laughs> that? Bitch. Okay. Bo likes to fucking parkour. She likes to lay down next to the couch and then she'll put all four while she's on her side and parkour off the fucking couch and just wrecks the coffee table right now. No, she, you know, she, the first time I saw her do that in the pool, in yes, your pool yes. is parkouring off the walls. Fucking parkours off walls. God, I am so sorry. Oh, that's funny. I feel the same way about you though. Like I definitely, it's, it, you know, fuck, I know you. So I know when to be worried and I know when to go along with your anxiety. And I know when to be like, Hey, Haley, you're, you're being fucking crazy right now. Like there's yeah. a, there's a way to approach it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, we, you have to be very honest and open. Like if I'm doing something, I can tell you, I'm like, I'm doing this, but I'm okay. I promise. Right. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. There have been do. a lot of times I'm like, I'm okay, but I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, but see that and that, but that comes from like therapy and maturity and really fucking, yeah. Being self-aware. And I let me, I want to follow up with you saying that by saying like some of those things, cause I do the same thing. I'm not proud of it, but like I'm just letting you know, like it's going to happen. I'm going to do it. Like I'm, 
I've tried. And by the time I've told you, I've probably tried to convince myself otherwise for about like eight hours. And at that point, I'm just like, well, caving in. Fucking here we fucking go. Yep. That's like, that's like me. I'm like, I'll tell you, I'm rewatching Euphoria. I'll be okay, (laughs) but I'm going to do it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Like, oh man. And see, it's kind of sick, but like, that's also the beauty of being so self-aware. Yeah. It's like, mm. Cause wow. sometimes, sometimes your biggest triggers are like, are stuff you really like to do. Yeah. Like Euphoria is a good show. I like watching oh. Euphoria. Like, it's so good. And like, I, I love like research. Like I, I do my best research and stuff, but then I have to sometimes take a step back and say, okay, check on me for a second. My good. <laughs> back into it. Fall down the wabbit hole. Oh God. It's so easy. Advice takeaways what do you want people to get or know or, or wish would happen for people who are struggling with um minor to severe i mean shit it doesn't matter if it's you know minor depression it's still something you have to pay attention that's, to that's a point i wanted to bring up earlier um there's a thing called imposter syndrome and it's when you think you aren't worthy of what you're doing mm-hmm. or what you are and I, I have that a lot because I hear people and like with you and other people, I hear what you've gone through and I'm like, well, shit, I shouldn't feel like this. Look at all the stuff you've gone through. You can't think like that. Like, exactly. So, so you are just as important and relevant and your whatever you're going through is just as is than someone else. It's, there's no comparison. You're entitled to whatever you're feeling, whatever trauma whatever not trauma and you're still struggling anyways you are entitled to that and just talk just just know that someone else is also that may make you feel better knowing someone else is struggling with it and probably someone close to you or near you easily i've had some of the best conversations about mental health with coworkers that i don't really even know that well right yeah yeah i slipped into some shit just the same way just talking about it just don't get to a point where you feel comfortable talking about it. And I guarantee you're, you go, you're going to have people that are going to chime in and be like, oh yeah, I felt that too. Or right. oh, yeah, I've been there too. A hundred percent. And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you'll learn something from the way they coped and maybe you'll, I don't know, just, just fucking talk, man. Yeah. That's Definitely. the biggest thing. Like I just, some of the violence and shit that I read about or hear about or have lived through is a direct, a direct result of people not understanding what they're thinking or how to articulate how they're feeling. Because the only way they know is violence or the only way they know is to scream and throw shit. And it's just, I don't know. I, my biggest takeaway or the thing that I want, would like anybody hearing this podcast to just do for a second is to think about your own thinking. And it doesn't have to be when you're sad. Like I think about things that make me happy all the time. And I think about the reasons why they make me happy. And then I hold on to that kind of stuff, you know, like, and you don't have to be crazy like me and not never be able to relax in your brain. But if you just take a second to, when you feel something so intensely to think about why you feel that way. Yeah, I think my biggest one is not talking, but being open to listening, not oh. like listening to yourself and then listening to other people. Like that's almost more important than talking about it is just listening. Yeah. Listening, especially to, to yourself. What do you, um, what do you, what do you do besides medicine to help you get through and, and deal with stuff that you work with or you deal with? Um, <clears throat> so I used to think, I know we're trying to turn this around, but I used to think that, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I used to think that, so I started working out like heavily. Mm -hmm. Um, and I used to think that that was, um, like to help me cope and like, you know, you're supposed to work out and make you feel good about yourself. But I think it was because it's because I have major body image issues. So I think now, and I had just, well, I texted you this. Yeah. You told me. I just, it was a realization that day. Yeah that my, so I've gotten so into it and so into like not being okay with my body and and having to do these things that I think I need to do in order to be whatever I think I need to be. Uh, And I don't know what that is yet. 
Um, but I do think so in- intensely. My break or my mental health day is literally not working out. And I have to tell myself that it's okay if I don't work out. It's okay if I miss a day. It's okay if I eat junk food. Like that's, that's mine. <laughs> and it's very opposite than what I thought it was last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But, uh, but working out so still, so make it still makes me feel good. Right. I still do that. Um, doing things that I like to do. Like I like to read, I'm going to read. If I want to sit on my ass all day and watch TV, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I do. I'm going to hang out with my cat. I'm going to talk to you. Like, it's just find what you like. Yeah. And yeah. And like, really like not what you think you're supposed to like. Yeah. Cause I feel like I, I'm just now coming into that. Like some of my, my free time stuff, I, I think about things I used to do and I'm like, why the fuck did I ever do that? <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> that yeah. sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I am trying to get back in exercising. I actually think that that was one of the main reasons I didn't suffer anything worse than what I did in high school is because I was exercising all the fucking time mm-hmm. um, and super active and super and I didn't realize, I didn't realize how much it affected me until I stopped doing it completely, which was a, probably about a year ago. So when I stopped having an active job and you know, sat behind a desk for the first time in my entire life and yada, 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 but exercising for sure. And it, I'm starting, I'm just starting to get back into it. And like, I was, a, you know, I mean, it was fucking NAIA, but I was still a college athlete and I'm just we walking. We ran, okay? We Yo. ran more than the cross-country team ran, okay? Yo. You not even say that. Best shape of my fucking life freshman year in college because we suck so bad. We just ran. ran. We just, you're right. Okay, you're right. We ran a lot, so ran. much. Even if you were hurt, you had to run. You didn't have to run as fast, but you still had to run. Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, anywho. I, yeah. Um, one thing that I've learned is it's okay to do things in moderation. Oh, yeah. So there's one thing that I, there's two things that I really fucking hate. And I used to think that um, if I just did it and got it done with, then it'll be fine. But it made me hate it even more. One of them is uh, putting my clothes away. Like, I don't mind doing the laundry part. But putting my clothes away is really hard for me. And so I'll take them out of the, and dumping them on my floor is a step. Then I leave. Holding a few shirts is a step. Then I'll leave. Eventually I get it done. I, do, I get it done quicker than trying to like sitting there, sitting there. All right, you need to do that. The other one is mowing. I hate mowing. So I'll do half the yard one day and then half the, it's just like doing things in moderation instead of trying to cram it all in at once. Right. It's something for me that I've learned that that really helps. helps. <laughs> Same with dishes. Like if there's like a pile of dishes, I'm going to put some on the side and say, I'm going to do this later. I'll do mm-hmm. half of them now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a daunting task. Something huge. It feels huge. It feels really daunting. If you split it up, it helps. Oh, for sure. I just am trying you have to-, to come back to it. You can't just leave it. Right. No, a half mode lawn is very obvious to a lot of other people. You can't, you can't leave that out there forever. Well, Haley, I hope they enjoyed uh, listening to us talk about our mental illness. I hope it didn't come off too uh, depressing and sad and kind of hope everybody got through the entire episode. Honestly, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie. This one, uh, this one's for us. <laughs> yeah, but this one's for us. It's one of my favorite things to talk about now, now that I've like gone through it. Right. Like, I love right. talking about mental health with people. I completely agree. I like picking apart. I, I very much, I mean, we do it all the time. You, you and I just, don't do it and record it all the time, but I very much enjoy, I enjoy doing it because it's just another form of like self-reflection, you know? You learn so much about someone and you learn so much about yourself. So. Easily. Yeah. And it, if people would stop looking at it as such a taboo thing and just talk about it, like you talked about the weather, which I think it's, it should be something that you talk about, like the weather constantly with people that love and care about you. I'm not saying walk up to, or do not give your whole life story to some poor fast food worker. Been on the other side of that. I did that not one do. time when <laughs> I was buying Froyo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did they prompt you though? Did they ask you? Let's go with yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would you like know to what? 
I take it back during COVID or after COVID or when like quarantine kind of got lifted down here and I was still working at the Arby's more often than I'd like to admit a couple of like older people came in and just like shot the shit for like 20 minutes about nothing and I couldn't help but think like damn you've probably been alone for a while yeah so okay I take it back fast food workers heart of America I yeah I um have really bad social anxiety so I I overshare just I I, when something gets quiet it's just something I either lie about something or like tell them that I something I shouldn't when it gets heated when it gets intense not even then when I I just I don't know what to say to people so then I I I don't know whatever comes (laughs) out comes out and then good luck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to me and you <laughs> just and for anybody who has not socially interacted with Haley, there's a there's a brief overview of what you're in for so <laughs> be prepared yeah, no, for that no wonder nobody talks to me i scare so many people away oh stop nobody talks to you because you don't talk to people uh, will you see why <laughs> <laughs> stop it you're doing it right now you're doing it right now all right fine i love you bud thank you Hi. for talking about this on for in front of people all day any day you name it i'm here day well dude until next time oh we're done for a little while we're gonna take yeah, a little breezy gonna... break after this one yeah we're gonna take a little a little breather mama mama needs a, a breather but we will be back like don't go away forever we will be back we yes yeah please don't leave us we're still here and always remember eat. <laughs> <laughs>